Alleluia, Alleluia, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia, Lord, to whom shall we go? The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Good morning. Let us pray. Holy God, we thank you for saving us by your grace. Help us to have faith in you, even when we face the temptation of works righteousness. In your name we pray, amen. We are saved by grace through faith and not by our works. What is grace? Well, once upon a time, there was a man named Peter. He, one of the disciples, became the leader of the church after Jesus resurrected and then left. Peter was Jewish, as were all of the other disciples with him. And so he assumed that you had to be Jewish in order to be saved by God, in order to believe in Jesus. Well, all of this changed when he had the dream about the animals coming down from heaven. God said to Peter, what I make clean is clean. In other words, grace is something God does. God saves us despite our differences. Grace doesn't depend on us. It doesn't matter your religion, your race, your gender, your color, your orientation, your politics, or your nationality. Grace is a costly gift given for all. It's costly because it was paid for by the life of Jesus on the cross. That is grace. And it means 
You as a person, your life, your spirit, your soul, and your body are a sacred space that God makes sacred by God's grace. We are saved by grace through faith and not by our works. So what is faith? Faith is being faithful to God and each other. It is a nonviolent, non-abusive, and it does no harm. In our gospel lesson in John 13, Jesus says that he is leaving his disciples, and furthermore, he tells them, you can't go with me. Have you ever felt that God was distant? Jesus was telling the disciples he would be leaving them. This past Thursday, a group from our church participated in the Bonhoeffer Festival that happens usually every year. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a Lutheran pastor who was executed by the Nazi government because he was judged to be a traitor. He aligned himself with the Jewish people and criticized the power of the state. Dietrich Bonhoeffer had faith. Faith tells us that we should do no harm to ourselves or others. When we harm others, we harm ourselves. We do injury to our own soul. We should love ourselves and our neighbors. We should love ourselves and our neighbors as Jesus loved us. That's the new commandment that Jesus gave us. By the way, our gospel reading this morning is a repeat from Monday Thursday. Monday meaning commandment. When Jesus gave us the new commandment to love one another as he loved us. That is what faith is. So what is works righteousness? If we're saved by grace through faith and not by works, what is works righteousness? Works righteousness is the temptation we all have to try to think of ourselves better than others. We come up with reasons or rationalizations in our mind why we are above someone else. That is the nature of sin. And it can play out on an individual level, a private level, or in the public space. But that is precisely what we are called to struggle against. We believe that all human beings have an inherent dignity and sanctity that must not be violated by any form of abuse, whether it's physical, emotional, or spiritual, or verbal. The human body is a sacred space to which we must be faithful and peaceful, no matter the person's gender, race, language, culture, religion, or citizenship. We, as followers of Christ, as baptized Christians, ministers of the gospel, leaders of the faith, are called to practice peaceful accompaniment in all areas of our life, personal, religious, professional, and public. We are to pray for peace. 
We are to work to bring an end to war. We are to say yes to kindness and compassion. In our reading from Revelation this morning, John the Revelator, when he has his very strange vision that makes the book of Revelation, a fascinating read, there's a line in there that's very bizarre. In his vision of a new reality marked by peace, he says, the sea is no more. Why would the sea being no more have anything to do with peace? Because oftentimes, especially in ancient times and even today, the sea is used by great powers to move and invade other places. Jerusalem had experienced this and feared it throughout much of their history, which is why the Psalms are full of references of fear and foreboding about the sea. So in this vision of a new heaven and a new earth, God lives among mortals. God creates a new peaceable kingdom. Jerusalem will be as beautiful or more beautiful as a bride. Hunger will be no more, thirst will be no more, and violence will be no more. This is the great vision of God to which we are called to work day and night and to pray for peace. Amen. We sing our hymn of the day, The Peace of the Lord, hymn 646. We'll sing the three verses in English this morning.